Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. It is our great joy to bring you the Word of God so that you can hear it and you can apply it to your life so that you will continue to grow and be faithful in the things of God. As you listen to this message today, ask the Lord to just lead you and guide you and help you so that He can use your life to make a difference in the people that you come in contact with every day. This is our day and this is our hour to be the light of the world so that God can make a difference. At the end of today's message, we're going to give you more information on how to connect with us online and or in person. We'd love to connect with you and help you to grow in the things of God. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. I want to read where it says, The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. This book is written by the apostle Mark, but it is not written about him. Mark the Apostle of Jesus Christ begins this message by stating the beginning of the gospel. Somebody says gospel. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The book is called the gospel of Mark, but He's not referring to the beginning of his book. He's talking about the beginning, the origin of something that is about to happen significant on the scene. And he wants to share that with us. He's showing us that from the prophet Isaiah that the gospel was about to begin. And it would do more and it would do so by sending forth a forerunner who is called John the Baptist who's going to announce that things are about to change. Anybody can use some change? Be sure to vote in November. We're going to have some change. Pray about what kind of change you want. Each apostle or writer of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, had a different starting point when they wrote their book. Matthew started with the ancestry And the birth of Jesus Christ by giving us his lineage and the begats. You've read them before, the begats. Luke begins his gospel with the birth of John, the Baptist, and then that of Jesus. John begins his gospel with the uh, pre-incarnated word. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. But Mark begins with the work of John the Baptist, and then he introduces the ministry of Jesus Christ. You know, most newscasts, when they come, they begin with bad news. I've heard it says of news organizations, when they talk about what to put on first, they say, if it bleeds, it leads. But Mark says, I want to begin with good news. I want to tell you about the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I want to start with some good news. Somebody say good news. The word gospel simply means a message of good news. 
Now, the word wasn't used in the, in the biblical context first. It wasn't used in the Christian context to talk about good news of uh, Jesus Christ. It was a normally used word in that culture and in the Greek culture uh, that just meant good news. It could be good news about anything. Whenever they got a new emperor, they would send out heralds, uh, people that would go out and give the good news or the gospel of, of the new emperor. Mark just takes that same word and uses it and applies it to Jesus Christ because he's taking good news to another level. Mark says, I have some good news about Jesus Christ, Son of God. Now, Mark is talking from a particular perspective because he spent some time with Jesus Christ, Son of God. He probably didn't call him Son of God when he first started hanging with him. But by the time he finished, three years later, he said, you know what? That's the Son of God. Why did he say that was the Son of God? Because he's seen him walk on water. He said, that's the Son of God. He saw him raise Lazarus from the dead. He said, that's the Son of God. He saw him when he raised up from the dead himself. He said, that is the Son of God. I want to talk to you about him, and I'm going to give you some good news about him. He says, I'm not just telling you about someone. I'm not just telling you about anyone. I am telling you about the anointed one. He says, I saw him functioning as the son of God. So Mark interjects here in the first chapter the character of John the Baptist to introduce Jesus Christ. John the Baptist in Mark chapter 1 verse 4, the Bible tells us, And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel hair and, leather, and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Let's look at John a minute. The Bible says that John came baptizing and all the people from the town was out there with him. And John was baptizing and John was preaching and he had the hottest thing going in ministry at that time. You're talking about a ministry that was on fire, a ministry that was exploding. It said that John was there. He was preaching. The people were gathering around him. It said all the people of Jerusalem came out to see him, and he's preaching, and he's baptizing them. And he said, you need to be saved. You need to be repentant of your sin. And the folks were getting saved, and folks were being baptized. He had disciples himself. The Pharisees were scared of him. Herod was scared of him. And then John turns around, and he says, but I'm not the one. It takes a person who really knows his purpose to give up his ministry to, to, to someone else. When, when somebody's ministry, you know, we pastors, we get, when our ministries get big and get blowed up, we, you know, we're the biggest thing in town. We're not going to stop doing what we're doing for anybody. There's no more pastors in here so I can talk. You know, when the ministry get big, but look at John. He got a big ministry going. He said he wore camel hair. Now, that didn't mean he had a camel hair suit. He wasn't one of these preachers who was dressed to the nines. He just had a, a, a leather belt. That wasn't a crocodile skin belt. That was something he just put together and he ate locusts and wild honey. He had a, a, a ministry of humility, but he had the power of God in his preaching. And the people came and heard him and they repented and he baptized them. He said, you need to be baptized, you need to be saved, you need to repent of your sin. You need to turn around, you need to change your mind and change your direction and give your life to God. And people were hearing that message. 
But in the middle of his greatest hour, John did more than give some good news. He said, in effect, the news is about to get better. He says, I'm giving you some gospel, but the news is about to change. Look at verse 7. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I. John said, I got power. I've got prestige. I've got influence. The people are following me. But after me is going to come somebody more powerful than me. What preacher is going to say that? He said, I want you to hear this other preacher coming. I want you to hear this other one's coming. Uh, he said, the thongs of his sandals, I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I'm not even worthy to get down and untie his shoes. He said, look at this. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Matthew, when he counted this same scene, and Luke, when he wrote it in his, he added, and with fire. Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So in this verse, John's chief purpose then is to contrast his baptism with that of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. He said, look what I'm going to do. You think this is something. You see all these people lined up to get baptized. You see all these people being repentant and they're being baptized in the river. He says, this ain't nothing. You ain't seen nothing yet. There's somebody coming. He's going to do more than baptize with water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and he's going to baptize you with fire. He says, when you get baptized with water, you just get wet. When you get baptized with the Holy Ghost and the fire, you get power and you get working. See, once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you should be baptized. And you should be baptized uh, as soon as you can after you've been saved. But the, the contrast is that John's baptism had to do with water. Jesus' baptism had to do with the Holy Spirit. John's baptism was ceremonial. Jesus' baptism is supernatural. He wanted to say, listen, I'm doing a great work, but my work is just here ceremonial. There's somebody you need to pay attention to. There's somebody you need to be looking for. And there's somebody coming after me. In one occasion, John the Baptist said of Jesus Christ, behold the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Behold the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. John already had his disciples. Jesus had his disciples. But when Jesus came on the scene, John said, you know what? I must decrease so that he can increase. That's hard to do when your church is growing. That's hard to do when you're packing them in. That's hard to do when everybody's coming to see you. And that's what was happening with John and his ministers. Everybody was coming to see him. Let's go see John. And John said, I got to get down because somebody greater than me is coming. Here's what Jesus Christ said about what he was going to do with baptism. In Mark chapter 16, verse 14, later Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So Jesus Christ encouraged people to be baptized in water. He encouraged them, and you need to be baptized in water. He said, believe, whoever believed and is baptized. Now, baptism in water does not save you. Now, some people put more emphasis on getting baptized in the water than they do on believing and receiving Jesus Christ as Lord. They, all they want to know is, have you been baptized? 
But I'm here to tell you, you can go down a dry devil and come up a wet devil. You need to be born again before you are baptized. Baptism does not save you. That's what some folks want. Hey, I come, I want to join the church. Can I get my children baptized? I say, baptism ain't going to save them. They'll just be wet. In Acts chapter 2, verse 36, after the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached his message and the people said, what do we need to do to be saved? This is what he said to them. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when we are saved, the act of baptism is that public symbol to the world that we have committed our life to Jesus Christ. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you And we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call the Beacon at 281 441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.